It's another off-topic edition of Canada FM with Ted and Brian. And uh, hey, Brian, hey. dealing with the worst heat wave I've had in my, what, four summers up here in Thunder Bay? It's about 36 right now without the Humidex. It's brutal. I was telling you, I'm wearing an unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt right now. But it feels like I've got like a, a wool sweater on underneath. Like I'm sweating you got a real that swamp much. Ass. Pardon me? You got a real swamp ass. Oh my god, do I ever. <laughs> it is brutal. Now it's it's crazy because upstairs in my place, we don't have AC, but the basement is so cool. Uh Brent and I slept down there last night. And it was great. And it kind of felt like we were on vacation because we never sleep in the guest bedroom. But we did last night, and uh, yeah, it was kind of neat. Staycation within your Just own home. <laughs> Different scenery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was all right. But uh, the one thing that summer heat waves uh, have to do with this edition of Off Topic is uh, concerts. Summer concerts. That's one of the big things that uh, you do every year when uh, you're not plagued by a horrible disease. <laughs> and, um, you know, me and Brian, concerts have been a part of our summer since we were about, what, 16 years old? Uh, 15, actually. Because yeah. that first Warp Tour was 2000, so we would have been, you would have been 16, I think I would have been 15. Okay. No, it's 2000, so... We both would have been 15. You, 15 you would have been 16. To, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would have been 14. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because I turned 15 that November. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll get to that first Warp Tour in just a second. But you got me beat uh, for going to, you know, concerts of music that we actually like kind of thing. You know, not your parents dragging you to see Fred Penner or whatever. Mine used <laughs> yeah. to do. I think we saw, did, did we see Fred Penner? I don't know. I remember seeing a couple like Probably children's s- shows when I was a kid. I don't, I think I don't know if I saw, saw Fred Sharon, Lois, and Bram. No, but that was just Bram doing his laundry. <laughs> I didn't actually go to their concert. So what happened was, well, we stay, we go to Ottawa all the time to visit my family in Ottawa, and uh, we were staying at the, I believe it was like the Delta Hotel. It was this really nice hotel. Um, and they had like, the, but we were staying there at the same time Sharon Lois and Bram were in Ottawa to do a concert. And they had like this whole, they remember it had a big water slide and like this playroom for kids. So if your parents are busy, you go in there and play Super Nintendo and all kinds of shit. So I'm playing Super Nintendo against it's this French sweet. kid who doesn't, yeah, this French kid who's trying to talk to me in French. And I was like, I got no idea what you're saying, pal. And like Chris Farley <laughs> on that game show, I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> so we're playing it. And uh, my aunt was there with us. She was taking care of us while my parents were doing something. And I heard her talking to someone. Is he here? Oh, he's here. So she goes, hey, Ted, Alex, look at this. And she opens up a door, and there's Bram doing his laundry. And he could have been a real prick because she kind of put him on the spot. But he was like, hey, kids, how are you? It's me, the guy with the beard, just doing my laundry like a regular person. And then she, like, closed the door. Like, <laughs> Jimmy's so it was funny. one of the most awkward celebrity encounters of my life. But hey, it's kind of cool. If he was, uh, when she opened the door, if he was just in his, like, undies and a tank top, he's like, please don't tell people how I live. I have, like, a bindle. <laughs> people think I make money. I don't make much money. If I recall, he was wearing a, a green, like, Costanza velvet tracksuit. 
Yeah, yeah. Living long. I mean, still, uh, still better than your average Joe. Like most people do laundry, yeah. either in like stained sweatpants or some yeah. terrible shirt, or in my case, his, just massive holy shirts. To his credit, a he's a big hotshot children's entertainer. Yeah, he could have gotten someone else to do his laundry for him. And B, he didn't have to make time for us. He could have been like, close the door. You know what I mean? But he was really nice. <laughs> I mean, I just, if he was a real douche, he just happened to have... Because this is back in the 90s, I imagine, if it was Little Teddy. Uh, yeah. w- when you could smoke in places, if he's just got a cigar, he's like, <laughs> he's just big time in you. He's like, I ain't got time for you, Junior. <laughs> close the door. <laughs> no, he, he was very humble and very nice. So, no, As I didn't we get to see Sharon Canadian Lewis and Bram. Stars. I didn't get to see Sharon Lewis and Bram in concert, but one better, I got to watch Bram do his laundry. So there you go. <laughs> There you go. Do you one better. But no, I was going to say, in middle school, you got to go to the big show that Hamilton had that year, which was Corn and Rob Zombie. Yep. How'd you finagle that at like 13 years old? I, I think originally I pitched it to my mom that I was going to go with my brother because he, I think I got him into Corn or we both got into Corn at the same time. Everyone my brother was in the corn at that time. That's true. This is follow the leader. Everyone was in the corn. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, uh, I got the album, and then I lent it to my brother, and I think he still has it in his CD holder to this day because he stole it from me. He all my new metal. He stole. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still sitting in his thing, but um, so yeah, I think I originally pitched it to my mom as we're gonna go together. Can we get tickets? And she was, and my mom was always, you know. Maybe it's just like the 90s mom thing where they're just like, eh, I'm sure it's fine. It's just, a, it's like 10 minutes away. We literally live 10 minutes from Cops Coliseum. Just a quick trek down the 403 and you're right there. So if there's any problems, they'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, but then my brother was not that keen on going. He's never been that much into concerts. Like we, he will get into the warp Tour stuff later, but he was our chaperone. But I was more out of necessity because if, if it wasn't for my brother, we couldn't go. I but, know. Um, but, well, that is uh, that. So my mom's fraternal twin, my, twin, my aunt Diane, she has a daughter named Megan, my cousin, is only literally a day and a year or two older than me. She's the 19th oh, wow. of November, I'm the 20th. Um, so sisters got down at the same time of the year, but different, you know what I mean. Um <laughs> I'm surprised that, 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 you, that, you, that you're thinking about that, but okay. It's just odd that twin sisters would have kids, like, around almost the exact same time. It's like they were, on, they were just on some weird twin wavelength. But anyway, can I finish my fucking story? Yeah, so go, go for it. Go for it. Megan came with me to see Corn, and so my, my Aunt Diane came down and spent the night with my mom, so they got to catch up and hang out, and we went to the show, and the security guard frisked me like he like. He was looking for, like, a hobo digging for a nickel. Like, he was just grabbing everywhere. They, the, they went to frisk my cousin because she's a pretty skinny girl and she was wearing, like, tight pants and a tight sweater. They literally just kind of flick her shirt. And that's all they did. They just grabbed her collar and just kind of went, Doosh. And then, and I'm like, why did you get no pat down? And I got basically harassed. And she's like, well, look at what I'm wearing. If they move that shirt, if I'm smuggling anything, it's going to fall out there. And I was like, that's sexist. And she's just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
we went into the show. We just had, it was an arena show, Cops Coliseum, but uh, we just had stadium seats. We weren't on the floor, but that was okay. And that was where I first saw people on drugs for the first time. And Corn put on a great show, but Rob Zombie was the true. He stole the show. Tons of like pyrotechnics. He was just running all over the stage. He was, he was something else. Did that big robot come out and dance with him? Yes, there was a robot. Yeah? <laughs> and yeah, he was just—he was just had the crowd whipped up into a frenzy, and then Corn uh, took it home, and they were both both tight. But I definitely give it up to uh, to Mr. Zombie on that one. I remember you—you you, you kept. I didn't take you seriously back in the day when you were talking about wanting to go to that show because I wasn't really like I liked like got the life and freak on a leash. But I wasn't like I didn't have their album, and for some reason, like now I'll go to a show regardless if I know a lot of stuff by the artist. You know what I mean? I'll just go, hey, go see a show. It might be fun, right? Yeah. Um, but back then, I felt like I had to justify it. Like it was like buying a CD. Like going to that person's concert was like the next level of fandom, the next right. level of commitment. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought you were kind of blowing smoke. <laughs> when you were talking about going to the show and getting tickets, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think you even asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, no. Nah. And then you were talking about hey, corn shows next week. I'm like, what? You got tickets or something? And you're like, oh yeah. And I was like, what? And I got all jealous. <laughs> yeah. And then I got all jealous, and then suddenly I wanted to go. So it was funny how matter of fact you told me, oh yeah, yeah, I got tickets. Of course I do. Yeah. See. I've never been one that's showy like you are. If if you got corn <laughs> tickets, you'd be like waving them around like a lunatic. Well, especially how hype that show was. Like, yeah. they devoted, like, an hour to Much Music Airtime just to talk about the big corn and zombie show. Because I think they just did Cops. I don't even know if they did a Toronto show. But it well, was huge. I have to go back and check. Because sometimes, the like, when Bruce comes here, he'll, like, miss Toronto on a leg on purpose. But that's because he does, like, two legs of yeah. like Canada and like so on the first leg he'll do Toronto and on the second one he'll skip Toronto and go to like do a cops coliseum or whatever yeah. yeah but as Jake always says because he's the Bruce aficionado not a whatever the hell you said last aficionado? week aficionado no that's not it aficionado my wife's not here I can't ask her it's aficionado you were saying like a aficionado or whatever the aficionado. fuck aficionado uh, but anyway, uh, Jake's the Bruce fan, and he likes to say that Bruce loves those dumps. And I'm like, what do you call it, Hamilton a dump? And he's like, no, he's talking about the smaller arenas, not the, the hoity-toity, like, metropolitan places. Like, you're, like I will say, out of the four times I've seen him, the worst show was the Toronto, uh, the one for the Working on a Dream Tour. Okay. But I, it's, I, whole... it's saying Bruce Springsteen's worst show is like... No, I know. I don't know. The greatest show most artists have ever put on in their lives. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't even Bruce's fault. It was like he feeds off the crowd and the crowd because there was all these corporate stooges and wieners. It was just a dud. Oh, I see the, what you the mean. The fans were a dud. It's not like when we saw him in Buffalo and he like crowd surfed at like 65 <laughs> yeah. years old. Crowd surfing. Yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, speaking of Cops Coliseum, I think I've only seen two shows there. Uh, I went with Park Hill to see Bruce on the uh, Magic tour. Saw him there for that. And that was floor seats. And that was annoying because you're standing on the floor and you think you got a good tunnel to Bruce. All right. And then some big head gets in your way. (laughs) 
that's always <laughs> annoying. They just kind of shift your in front of you. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, and the second time I went and saw a concert at Cops was Rush, which I saw with you. Yeah. And uh, we had seats, second balcony, over the stage, great seats. Oh, yeah, that was such a good vantage point. Yeah, it was a terrific vantage point. So I'm all for paying a little extra, sitting a little far further away so you're elevated and you can peer down on the stage if you're at an arena show than being on the floor. Because I guess the whole thing, if you're on the floor, oh, close to the stage, eh, it's not really not really the same thing. So I recommend if you ever go to Cops Coliseum to see a show, and it's, what's it called now? It's got a different name. Uh, First Ontario Center. First Ontario Center. See a show in Hamilton. Eh, Second bowl near the front, you're good. Yeah, well, the- I. If you can buy tickets at the front of the, the balcony, like that'd be ideal. I guess where we had because you can let your feet dangle. You don't have to stand if you don't want to, because like you know a lot of people, even though you have uh, seats, you still stand to watch the band. I'm like, what the hell's the point of this? That's why you bought seats so you can enjoy it from the comfort of your ass. Exactly. And uh, we were comfortable the whole time. I could say yeah. that too, except my ears. My ears were a little bit ringy, but that's the choice I made when you're seeing Rush, and it's a choice I stand by. And we got to see a killer, like 25 minute Neil Pert drum solo before he passed away. So. Yeah, that's that's the one. I mean, you got to see moving pictures in its entirety, which is yeah. uh, which was awesome. And you got to yeah, you got to see the late great Neil Pert or Peart before he kicked it. So that was nice. yeah. Exactly. And they had that funny uh, little extra scene from I Love You, Man, that they played at the end of the <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, so the first concert we ever went to together was the 2001 or 2000? 2000. 2000. 2000, yeah. Vans Warp Tour in Barrie, Molson Park in Barrie. And this was a struggle because, you know, we were punk rock and ska guys all the way. And... I remember you, you you wait till like January, February, where they start rolling out the bands that are going to be playing. And the second they rolled out this lineup, it was like they looked at our CD collection <laughs> yeah. and, you know, molded this lineup. You had Green Day were the headliners, the Boston's, Hold on, stop MXPX, right there, and... This is Green Day... Pre-American Idiot. This is Green Day, like right this before, after Warning. Yeah, it was Warning. They were promoting Warning on the Vans Warp Tour. Yeah, yeah, but you had Green Day. You had the Mighty Mighty Boston's. You had the acronym bands: No Effects and MXPX. You <laughs> had uh, Save Ferris, the Suicide Machines. You had Jurassic Five, who we got into that day, and thankfully we did. Uh, who else was there? Brian Cobb was there. Long Beach Dub um, All Stars. The Long Beach Dub All Stars. Stars. Are you kidding me? That was amazing for me. My little, uh, what's it called? Uh, sublime obsessed mind just to be able to see Bud and Eric with all the other guys they talk about. You know, Marshall yeah. Goodman and uh, Miguel was not there, but that's okay. All the other <laughs> like side players from Sublime all together on stage. Tim Wu uh, playing his sax and his flute. And uh, I'll play, I know you're itching to play it. Unrelated, different Tim Wu, but play the clip from King of the Hill. There it is. I know you're thinking about it. Um, anyhow, that was an experience to check that out. Um, but man, it was a struggle to get to because we knew we wanted to go, and yeah. we were, we were hell bent on going. And we, I remember feeling like it was my duty to go. 
You know what I mean? Like, I had to see all these guys. Yeah. And the struggle was my parents. They did not want me to go at, what, 15 years old to this concert that was way out in Barrie, which is a good two-hour drive from our respective homes, um, unattended. And I'm like, I'm 15. I'm a teenager. Come on. And I was a good kid, too. So I wouldn't yeah. really, like, rebel without them knowing. Like, they were going to, you know, yeah. Um, like, have some trust in me. It was a struggle. They're like, well, wh- why don't we all go as a family? I went, no, you're going to embarrass me. <laughs> and then my dad's like, well, me and your mother and sister can watch the skateboarders while you and your friends and your brother watch the show. And I'm like, no, just don't go. <laughs> and it was, oh, my God. It was such a struggle. But the fact that your brother was going and he was going to drive and be with us the whole day finally sold it on them. And they guilted me for it, too. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was it was rough, but we got to go. I forgot that you had to go through all those hoops. I literally just went to my parents. I was like, if Steve drives us, can we go? And she's like, well, she's like, you got to ask your brother. And I was like, will you take us? And I think I took a bit of selling. I think I had to buy him something. Sometimes. uh, I think you did. Yeah. I think I bought him a DVD or something. Because do you remember when we went and saw Conan in Toronto? He was actually quite hurt that I didn't take him. Because he was the one that kind of introduced me to Conan. And also, didn't he? Didn't he just? He just, he just a friend of his just died. Didn't wasn't that the case? Like the day before the Conan show. I don't. I can't remember if that was I the case. That, but that was the case because you were guilting me on the way to see Conan. <laughs> sounds like something I do. But anyway, just to try to you know smooth it over, I bought him Freddy versus Jason on DVD. So I definitely had to like bribe him with something. But I don't yeah. remember what it was. But uh, my parents said, or my, it's always my mom. My dad would, would say, he'd be the no machine. It was always my mom. Be like, <laughs> you knew which way, you knew, you knew which route to take to get your way. Well, it's also like my dad was very like buttoned down, just like no nonsense. Like, what do you want to go to this rock concert for? You should be yeah. cutting the grass. Um, but I'm like, it's the summer. I can cut the grass any day. But, uh, and I don't know how my cousin got into it, because she likes all those bands, too. So she came down and slept over, and then we went up to Saturday morning at, like, 6 a.m. We were there way too early. But, no, we uh, weren't. We didn't get there at 6 a.m. No, we left, or we were up. Well, I was up at, like, we, 6 a.m. I thought it was, like, ready. 7 or 8. Yeah, like, we had to leave early, because the show starts, the warp Tour starts at, what, I think the first band's going at 1? Yeah, they, they start at 1-ish. Gates open yeah. at around 11 or 12. And you can so kind we of wanted to be there. Meander about, get your merch, food, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so we, we took the, the ride up. And uh, okay, that happened. I was able to convince my parents, like I said. Your brother picks us up, we go. Um, I remember my parents also being like really overprotective about being out all day in the sun. So they gave me a little bag that had like sunscreen I had a backpack so in the, in the lunch bag there's sunscreen a whole bunch of water bottles now they did not buy water bottles my parents they would take like old like save like Gatorade bottles 
rinse them out and sterilize yeah. them. I remember my mom boiling water to sterilize these bottles. And this is before we knew that that was harmful. Because once they learned that you can't do that because the plastics, the toxins from the plastics leak into the water, right. um, they stopped doing it. But at the time, they were doing it. So they gave me like three or four of these bottles of water with ice in them and stuff like that. And um, I had the backpack. And uh, I remember we got in line. I remember a few things. One of the fun things... Uh, I, I, the reason I brought that up is that the, the second we got to the front of the line to get into the show, the guy threw all the bottles away. So <laughs> I had nothing. I had to pay seven bucks goes, for a bottle of iced tea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just tossed them all out and the bags. The lunch bag was gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> Although, would you but, really have wanted to haul this lunch bag around all day? Uh, well, I, I would have wanted the water. Because oh, I, know, I remember but if getting he out takes of the, the pit, water out, if he takes the water out, it's like I gotta throw these out. Do you want this bag? Well, yeah, the, bag, the bag. Yeah, well, I just was stuck in the backpack. Oh right, I forgot you were carrying a backpack yeah, on that whole day. Yeah. So, I uh, what's it called? Um, anyway, so I remember one of the things I was doing the whole day, and I did it when I was in line because it was my first experience at a punk rock concert. I was taking tally of all the shirts that people were wearing. I wanted to see what band shirts they had. Okay, never heard of this band. Okay, maybe look them up later. You know, I kind of wanted to get a grasp of what people were there to see. Right. I remember to this day, the weirdest shirt I saw was a Creed shirt. (laughs) And I think Creed may have done the previous warp tour because they were in on the new metal and the new metal was kind of fringe for the uh punk rock stuff you know what i mean like i remember there was the a minute of silence was that what they were called they were a, a heavy metal band they were one of the first bands on the main stage that day a moment of silence one minute silence one minute silence i thought it was like and one, we got their no, tape. i thought it was like one man army or something a different band okay yeah, well, this is like one moment silence. Actually, I think they're from England, too. And uh, I got the tape. So it was like four tracks of the tape. And uh, so I remember that, keeping tabs of the shirts people were wearing just to see what people were into. And uh, I remember there was a group of people playing Hacky Sack. Oh, yeah. And they invited us to play. And you played. I didn't play because I would have booted in over the fence. <laughs> so I didn't play Hacky Sack. Um I thought you played once and you did boot it. Not over the fence, but you kicked it like a good 10 feet like, uh, like I Homer did. I didn't play with these guys. No, that would just be in high school and other people oh, okay. would be hacking. Hey, Ted, you want to play? Boot. <laughs> but not, I'm not a good, good with my feet. Um, and I remember some asshole, he was wearing like a policeman's shirt to the concert. And, or at least a shirt with like those like lapels and stuff like that. What are they called? Epaulets or whatever. He got on, he, he climbed up on someone's shoulders. He had a tape. He chucked it into the crowd of people. And then he went back down. And someone got hit in the head with this tape. Just because some guy's being an asshole. I remember I couldn't believe that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> are we in for random acts of violence this day? So well, that kind of put me off a little bit. Yeah, because the rest that's the of the thing. experience, everyone was super nice. That's the thing. Punk community, ska community, 
I mean, it's not the old days of England where you had this like weird subsect of like racist people. Most like most of the people yeah. uh, that I've come across were nothing but nice. They you know chat up strangers because everyone was bonded over the love of the same music. So no yeah. one's no one's judgmental or anything. And uh, anyone that listens to punk music. If you're like a racist or anything like this, you're clearly missing the message of a lot of these lyrics. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, racism is the least ska thing possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so eventually, I remember we got in the show, and first band on, you know who the first band on was? So there's this one minute silence or whatever. And then I believe, because not a lot of people are in yet, so we were up front yeah. for the first couple of bands. Then wasn't it J5? No, the first band was um, was Side Machines because they, I remember this specifically, there was that one band, okay. there was that one band, that like one minute, one second silence, whatever. Cause yeah, everyone, this one, yeah. I couldn't remember fun. their name, but yeah. Uh, they were first. And because, yeah, it was the same thing. Because I remember I'd see the Much Music Warp Tour and Edge Fest and things covered on TV. And I'm like, this is nothing like on TV. Everyone's so spaced out. This is so strange. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, whatever, I'll shimmy up close. And then they're like, all right, thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the day. And then Suicide Machines come on like five minutes later. Literally, first note comes on. The guy's like, what is Suicide Machines? Fring. Everyone just bum rushes the stage. I'm like, okay, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> this is what I, I saw on TV. And I'm just getting like, I was 15 or 14. I was tall, but still not that strong. So I'm getting tossed around like a rag doll. Um, we, we didn't know what we were in for. I didn't have my footing. And so, and we were going back and forth, and I'm like, I'm hanging in there, okay? And I'm out of nowhere, this random hole just opens up to my right, and I fall in. And then I'm like, oh, God. I look up. The hole closes, closes over me, like, uh, this is how I die. At 14 on a warp Tour. And this guy, like, half, I mean, now he would have been half my size, but then he would have been just a little bit shorter than me. Because uh, I think at this point I was probably, like, 5'10". And I love how I say yeah. that as if I'm like a short person, considering what I am now. But um, the guy just grabs me by my shirt, pulls me up. And he's like, yeah, all right, man. I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. He's like, no problem. Enjoy the day. Like, it was nothing. The guy saved my life. He's a hero. And he just plays it off like it's nothing. <laughs> and then uh, so I, I think I stepped out for a few minutes. But then I came back to see Jurassic 5. Yeah. Because they came on well, shortly after. I remember, and I was up front for a long time. I remember Jay Navarro, the lead singer of the Suicide Machines, uh, jumped into the crowd, crowd surfed, and I got to hold him up. So that was really <laughs> cool. Um, I remember they did a cover of What I Like About You by The Romantics. So that was worked into their set. And I knew a lot of the songs, because I think I just gotten Destruction by Definition uh, for my birthday, which is a classic oh, yeah. ska punk album, if you don't know that one. Um for anyone and who doesn't know, that has New Girl. If they ever played Tony Hawk, yeah, that has New Girl on it. Yeah. I can't wait to tell you all about it. All about it. I can't wait to tell you about it. New Girl. I can't wait for you to hear me shout it. All about it. I can't wait to tell you about it. But then I remember the crowd surfers were really annoying me. Because you'd be sitting there enjoying your show and then just get booted in the back of the head. Um... Oh, yeah. I yeah. know that problem all too But well. I remember, yeah, they played, and I don't remember the order, but my first in the... No, you know what? This was all the same row. So I had them. They played Suicide Machines. 
Jurassic 5 played. Thankfully, people weren't moshing for Jurassic 5. They were just listening to the show that they were putting on, which was incredible. Yeah. These are punk rock people just embracing this rap group because they just appreciated, you know, they, they, it was no bullshit. You know what I mean? They The, the, yeah. the talent that was on display there, they absolutely appreciated it. They got a very warm welcome, much better welcome than Cool Keith got the following year. Um... <laughs> And then, yes, they played. Then Sum 41 played. And this was Makes No Difference was out, and that was it. So this was bef- this yeah. was the, the half hour of power was out, and that was it. They didn't have any other stuff. And I remember I was waiting for the Boston's there up next. So I watched them kind of side stage sort of thing. But then here come my heroes, my ska heroes, the mighty, yeah. mighty Boston's. And they played nice and early. And holy shit, what a treat that was, being so close for one of my favorite bands. And uh, right after them, boom, it was Save Ferris. I jumped right over to see them. Again, getting kicked in the head. I remember the trumpet player had a hose <laughs> and started spraying the crowd. And I was like, wah, over here. So fucking hot. I haven't taken a drink or anything yet. I'm just in the pit. And each set is a half hour long on each stage. Yeah. So I'm in there now at this point about two hours. I'm wearing basically a Hawaiian shirt. A Randy River Hawaiian shirt similar to the one I'm wearing right now. I remember one of the buttons yep. got kicked out and I was all bitter and pissed off about that. But I had another shirt <laughs> underneath and I think I had my lucky Georgetown Hoyas hat on. And no, I had my... That was next I had my umpire's hat on, my National League umpire's hat. We're in that, or American League, one of the two. They're both gone now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so save Ferris, got sprayed down, and then here we go. The Long Beach Dub All-Stars. Sublime being my favorite band. I'm all stoked. Uh, I remember they only did two Long Beach Dub All-Stars songs. The rest were all Sublime covers. Well, I think at that time they only had Right Back, yeah, right? right? So back they didn't was have uh, Wonders of the World yeah, yet. So they did off Right Back, they did Trailer Ass, and they did uh, Rosarito, my own, probably, well, right? my own Life, which okay. is an Opie. Opie sings that song. And Opie came right. out with a motorcycle and was like, ah! <laughs> like, Do you remember during doing the, the rips on the stage ah, with the motorcycle? Do you remember during the Boston's where they had the guy with the cannon? Yes! They shot him out of a cannon? I forgot about the guy in the cannon! There's a human cannon! <laughs> During the Boston show. How many shows have you been to where they had a human cannonball? That was my first and only. Yeah, I've never even seen a human cannonball since then. So Long Beach happens, and I think I was either high from secondhand pot smoke, because I was a good kid, no pot for this guy, no illegal drugs. Good kid, like I said. (laughs) I think I was either high from secondhand pot smoke, delirious or something, because I just shouted out, Sublime will never die! <laughs> 15-year-old kid in a Hawaiian shirt shouting this out. A bunch of girls started laughing at me. I looked at them like, what? And then... Some bald guy who's crowd surfing headbutted me. Right in the forehead. So my hat must have gotten knocked off at that point because he would have just hit the bill. I remember lo- losing it and finding it a couple of times. Um... And then that ended, and then it was, I think it was Snapcase from Buffalo, kind of a hardcore band, not my thing. I ditched, somehow found you, and uh, bought a $7 <laughs> bottle of iced tea, and uh, started to chill out a little bit. 
Yeah, I I stayed after the uh, suicide machines incident. That's I needed to get my bearings back, so I kind of left for a little bit, and so I was able to watch. I didn't get close, unfortunately. I was like middle back, but I was able to just like kind of pivot and watch both from a, a good neutral spot. So I was like, because you kept running back oh, and yeah. forth, right between stages. I was kind of standing in the middle, and I'm just like had my head turned, just watching both. So I was comfortable. And it's not like I'm, like, from miles away. It's not like you see those pictures at Woodstock where there's people who were there, but they were, like, literally almost, like, three football fields away. I'm like, is that Hendrix? Or is that a guitar check? I can't tell. It wasn't that it's not bad. like I was that yeah. far away. No, yeah. I was, like, I was probably, like, maybe 50 feet away, but still close enough that I was, like, that's prime, you know, real estate. I do remember. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because after we met up, and then we met up with my cousin and my brother, they were just kind of relaxing on the lawn somewhere. That was when, like, mid-afternoon or late afternoon when Green Day took over, there was a girl, they had to stop the show because there was a girl who got hurt. That was my brother's friend's sister. Oh, wow. Small world. Yeah, because he knew, I think that was one of the reasons why he was going to go, because he, he knew he was going and some of his friends. So he was like, yeah, maybe I'll get to see them. And so I don't know if he ever did actually reconnect with them at the show or not. But uh, he found out, like, the next day. He's like, yeah, that was Jordan's sister. I was like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember when I was up close, you and your brother and your cousin went to the autograph tent. And he got to meet the yeah. Mighty Mighty Boston's. I did. And he said Dickie was a bit of oh. a dick. I mean, he was like, he was short, wasn't really communicating much. Uh, he also turned the page. I had a nice, uh, they gave you this little booklet, like a promotional booklet uh, at the, when you went into the Warp Tour. It's like, a, I don't know, was if it was a keepsake or what the hell it was, but they pay attention had just come out that spring or like earlier that summer. And uh, it, it was a perfect, big, like, 8 by 11 picture of the album and you know it's so bright and vibrant I was like maybe everyone can just sign it around the pictures on the on pay attention he flips it to a picture of them where they're all wearing these dark suits like navy and black and even even the collared shirts they're wearing underneath not white shirts dark suits so I'm like you fucking maroon and does he have a white does he have a white sharpie no it's a black oh sharpie. Oh my god! So I was like, "All right, fine." So this is used, but I was able to get your copy of "Let's Face It" signed, I, so that was fine. That is one that is here with me in Thunder Bay. It's not like some of the other autographs I have where I've left them at my parents' house. This has made the journey with me, and it's up here in the basement. I know exactly where it is. I've been meaning to put in a frame for years that I never have, but I still have it. It's in a, I, it's in a uh, I will say, Ziploc bag. Keep it good. The autograph still looks good. I will say the the horn section, nicest guys. I was I was joking around with them for a good minute before I got like rushed out of the tent. Uh, you they, said they uh, Chris all, Rhodes I think it was, especially was a good guy. Yeah, very nice guy, Chris Rhodes. And uh, if, if memory serves, I think Tim Burton, Johnny Tim Vegas Martin. was very yeah. was very nice too. So good on the as as t you and I are both former horn players. Cheers to the horns right. for being the good guys. The good horn eggs. dogs. So I remember you guys came back. We kind of met up late afternoon. I remember we, we like watched Biff naked from like sitting on the grass. Like we were way yeah. far away just because we were tired and needed to catch our breath. And yep. then we had the evening lineup. 
And we watched this from a great distance away. But I remember, I believe it went green, because they, they always do a raffle, basically, for when they're going to p- perform. So you think Green Day, the biggest band by far on this tour, would go on last. But they were like fourth yeah. to last. Because didn't yeah. it go like Green Day, uh, it, no effects, MXPX, and the last band was Gob. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I thought Gob got it because they were like one of the few Canadian bands. So I was like, maybe the Canadian band gets to close it out. I didn't know about the lottery thing. But yeah. I remember because Green Day, partially because that girl got hurt, partially because Billy Joe kept leading the crowd in some big dumb hey-o chant <sighs> that took like 10, like took up like a third of their set. I'm like, move along, you imbecile. Yeah. Like, knock it off. Green Day. Because like, I love Green Day back then. Like, I, Green, Dookie was my first tape. Um, Kerplunk, or not Kerplunk, Insomniac I got when I was grade six at, like, my grandmother's cottage. Uh, like, I loved Green Day. They could do no wrong to me uh, up until American Idiot. What a piece. But, uh... I, I, yeah, that's I another like, Hurry the classic album. Another classic album that Brian just shits on. Because when it was released, yeah, it was overexposed. It's got so many great songs. Again, the we'll gall. Come back to that later. The gall. It's an we'll experience, American later. idiot. The gall of this bride last. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, fucking one of the great albums of all time. And he's just shitting all over it. You know, my brother sent me a text message eight o'clock yesterday morning. Thank you for ripping Brian for, for defending the Chili Peppers against Brian. <laughs> That's what he says to well, me. I know Alex listens to this, so tell him, Alex, I will go back and listen when I have some time. Maybe I'll eat crow. Maybe I'll get more mad, and I'll get more mad at the two of you for making me do it. Who knows? But uh, I will. Anyway. Green Day. uh, Yeah, so I was mad at Green Day because I wanted to hear more songs, but they're filling up all this fucking time with this hey-oh shit. And then Fat Mike of No Effects is literally on the other stage like, Wrap it up, because that that pushed everything back. Because it was supposed to be like tight, you know. They're uh, they're playing while the other band's setting yeah. up, and then so as soon as they walk off, the other band goes. It's supposed to run like Which clockwork. Which is awesome because it's and nonstop just, music. So it's yeah, and it's great. it's you know the one one of the worst things about certain outdoor festivals is when you're like sitting there like for another thirty minutes in the heat, yeah. it's like. <sighs> waiting for another band but this was just like they had it down to a science bing bang boom but fat mike's like hurry the fuck up <laughs> so no effects was pushed back so mxpx was pushed back so gob was pushed back and so i enjoyed no effects and mxpx sets but by the time we got to gob see even like but he was just like we were like you guys want to go i'm tired and we're all like i'm dead it, it was only about eight o'clock at night but we had been out in the sun all day plus we had like a two hour drive and yeah I don't even think I put on we had to drop your cousin off too which was out of the way oh that's right so it was like three hours and yeah I don't even think like if I put on sunscreen it was at the start of the day so that had worn off I probably was horribly sunburnt dehydrated oh yeah I remember coming home I especially as I turned into a teenager I didn't cry as much, unless I really got hurt. I, my feet were so sore, and I was just so tired. I just was like, ah. <laughs> I just climbed into bed. Really? I, was, I think it was just because I was so overtired. I literally turned into this like man child as soon as I got home. I, I just like sh- my body just shut down. 
But that was the only time that, well, that was I the re- only time at any of the warp tours that that happened. Because by then I had just gotten used to it. But I remember the next day, for whatever reason, my parents went out. I was also kicking myself because I think the only shirt I bought, I bought a Boston shirt. Oh, I'll tell you a story <laughs> about that Boston shirt in just a second. Um, I bought a Boston shirt. Uh, I was kicking myself that I didn't buy more shirts because I wanted to have like a big collection. But I remember you came over and we went in my parents' pool. They were out. And I remember it just, it was like a cloudy day too. And do you, you know that meme that's out there of like El Chapo from that El Chapo series, the narc, narc series or whatever it's called on Netflix, where he's just this big fat guy sitting <laughs> in the pool all by himself? That's kind of what it felt like for us. We were just kind of sitting there like, uh, using the pool to kind of cool off our, our work to our hangover, <laughs> basically. And, um, but still to this day, one of the best concert experiences I've ever had. I couldn't ask for a better first show than that. And I remember when school was back in session, what did you do with your summer, Ted? I went to the Warp Tour. And I kind of figured that like more people would have stories. No one else did. We were like the, the bell curve for like going to concerts. And remember, we grew up in a relatively wealthy suburb. It's kind of small. People weren't going to shows yet. We kind of beaten people by maybe a well, year. Well, it was or two. also, you know, it was one of those so. things. It's uh, with being kids of the suburbs comes either one of two things: either you're gonna rebel and just be like, "Fuck you, mom and dad, I'm going," or you're gonna have parents that are strict, like your parents, that wouldn't let you go. I guess three things: are you're gonna have lackluster parents like mine that are like, "You want to go? Go!" Just as long as you have a safe way there. And I had a safe way there, so they're fine. So, yeah, but that's the thing because my parents were, and I know everyone likes to make fun of it that, you know, okay, boomer, my parents were literal boomers and they, they just were so out of touch with music at that time that they had no idea what the Warped Tour was. They had no idea who any of these bands are. And so they're just like, oh, you want to go to some nice outdoor concert? sit on the grass like almost like a I think I might have even phrased it to my mom it's, it's like a Woodstock of our generation it's like a nice outdoor festival kind of <laughs> like, oh, that sounds nice. Um, so but yeah my parents were so out of touch so they were just like whatever go get out of our hair for the day yeah have some fun yeah I, I do remember the Warped Tour has a thing called the reverse daycare which is like this little place that parents can go and they give you earplugs, and they have lawn chairs. I remember seeing this guy at the next one that we went to at Rogers Center, all sprawled out on a lawn chair, so reading the paper and earplugs in, like these, and like those like big sound deprivating headphones. <laughs> and he's just reading the paper. And, yeah, the reverse daycare where they take care of your parents when you go. It's kind of a neat idea for the younger kids that want to go. But uh, yeah, couldn't ask for a better first uh, first concert yeah. than that one. Um, and I'll tell you the story about the Boston right. shirt that I bought. So these were these the shirts they had were like kind of uniform. I remember a lot of the bands had the same kind of thing: white shirt, big neon logo on the breast and on the back, and it was the same. And your boss Boston shirt was like that. You got yeah. one with the dog and the orange circle. Mine kind of had like the yeah. pay attention look to it, but I had the dog on it. And oh boy, here we go. For all you wrestling fans out there, you may remember the 2003 pay per view Vengeance. I believe the main events. Uh, Brock Lesnar fight Kurt Angle and the big show. And I was trying to order it. I heard it was a really good show, so I was ordering the repeat. And 
we kept having this issue with our cable system and I couldn't get it. And this was my last chance to get it. So trying to order it, trying to get it, it's not working, it's not working. And I just got so frustrated. I'm wearing the Boston shirt. I went, ah! Ripped it right off. Oh my God. Ripped it right off my, sh- <laughs> my chest. And I kept it. I kept the ripped shirt for years thinking, well, maybe I'll like cut off the logo and make it like a patch. You know right. what I mean? Do something with it. I never did. It got thrown out. But, uh, yeah, ripped it right off my body in a minor temper tantrum because I didn't get to see my wrestling pay-per-view. At 18 years old, I threw this fucking temper tantrum and ripped the shirt off my body. Oh my so God. there you go. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? I can laugh at you, so it's great. (laughs) Um, Breaking it down, just because, you know what? That was a great talk about our first concert ever. Uh, Let me throw out a couple questions at you. General questions about concert experiences. And I think the first one would be, what is the greatest concert you've ever seen? That's rough. It's hard. Because, I mean, there's there's so many... Give me a top... If you're, if you're stuck between a couple, give me that couple. Okay. Um, yeah. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And people are sometimes surprised when I bring this up is in, like, my top three or top five or whatever. 311 and Slightly Stupid. I had a ball. Uh, a great fucking show. Because that was also at a time where I was a little less self-conscious about my height. And I was still just as much of a giant as I am now. But I was just like, you know what? I've never seen 311. I had never seen Slightly Stupid. And I was still relatively new to being introduced to them because you got me into them. But I, I loved 311 for years. And I'm like, I'm not wasting this. And we got there early. And we were at the front. And we didn't leave the front rail the whole time. We were just bouncing the whole time. And uh, uh, I think Kyle from Slightly Stupid made fun of my big chin. Because he just did some weird gesture at me where he's just like, because he passed the beer or something into the crowd and he points at me and he like does this gesture about the big chin. And I was like, is that for me? And he's just like nods. And I'm like, I don't want the fucking drink. I'm driving. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I gave it to the kid next to me. And he wouldn't drink um, it either. Yeah. This generation like, oh. is too worried about shit being put in your drink. Yeah. And you know what? Hopefully they've learned from that because the second time we saw Slightly Stupid, they weren't trying to get people to drink from a mystery cup. Which is really a dumb idea. Um, But yeah, because, yeah, we just had such a ball. And uh, and then we came back to the bar with our friends. And they're they're like, where were you guys? I was like, what? Because my ears were still ringing the whole time. And I was like, we're at a a concert. (laughs) Um, And that was a Friday night. And then the Saturday... I had seen the Foo Fighters for the for oh, one wow. of their albums, so my ears were shot by Sunday. But uh, the Foo Fighters one was fine, but it's definitely not in my top five anywhere. Um, I would say the Bruce in. I'd say Bruce in Buffalo. Uh, that one was that'd great. Be, that'd be in my top top couple. We saw Bruce at. Is it still the Marine Midland Arena? What is it now? I thought it was First Niagara Center. Man, it's first Niagara Center. When I was a kid, it was called something different. That might have been their old uh, arena for the Sabres. But yeah, yeah, we saw Bruce there. That was a blast. Okay, so this is kind of funny. <laughs> so as we're driving into the show, first of all, I get saddled with driving because our friend Jake Parkhill, uh, who's friend of the show and 
friend of ours, uh, just says to us a couple hours before the show, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm not driving. You two figure something out. What the fuck? It's like, fine, I'll drive. <laughs> so it was me, you, Parkill, and my brother. And Jake was going off about how he knew all these people that were going to be at this brew show and everything like that. And he said, we're like, who? Name one, Parkill. Because he was getting really big for his britches. And he goes, uh, Reed Board? <laughs> and we're like, that is the most made-up name I've ever heard in my entire life. So then we get there way early, we park, we go into this bar to kind of have a drink before the show. And who shows up at our table but this Reed Board character? He was a real guy. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah, it uh, definitely sounds like a, a fake name. Yeah, I remember too, we were behind the stage at that Bruce concert. And there was this lady who must have been in her 50s. And she had a beer and she was doing the same dance through every song. And I swear she didn't take a sip out of the beer once because she was too busy dancing. Yeah, because our, our podcast is purely audio medium, it's hard to demonstrate. But basically, imagine someone who's trying to wave their hands back and forth, but this lady is literally, it's like her arm gets stuck halfway. She's just like flailing her arm forward, but it just There's doesn't go over. There's a lot of booty shaking going on, too. I couldn't, I, I missed like two songs, so I was too busy laughing at this lady. <laughs> I forgot what, there's two songs that just blew right by because I was like so distracted and laughing at this lady. But oh, I kind of snapped back in in time to hear Dancing in the Dark, which is one of my favorite Bruce songs. So I was, I left happy. Yeah. And uh, of course, Bruce, he knows his audience so well. Uh, he gets up there and they start playing Buffalo Girls. That's what they kick off with, of course, because yeah. you're Buffalo. And uh, he goes, make some noise. He starts yelling all this uh, Buffalo slang. And then he goes, how about all you Canadians out there who <laughs> ran to the border to get some beef on wax sandwiches? And everyone's like, like he's got- ah! and you're like, all right. He realizes that there's a lot of Canadians here. <laughs> um. <laughs> I would say the first time, another one of my favorite concerts was probably the first time we had seen TV on the radio. Yeah. Well, I've only seen them once. All right. You couldn't come for that other one. The other one was good, but the first time was way better. Yeah. Uh, Remember we saw just, Kit Malone pre-show? Buying yeah, fish. Buying fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just that whole... That whole night, TV on the radio just crushed it. And then they, they, their, their rendition of Repetition off Nine Types of Light, so good. And we were just, it's, it was just such a good album or a good performance, but also we were just very fortunate because they had to cancel their tour like literally two days later because yeah. their former bass player, Gerard, was battling cancer. He wasn't on the tour, but he had passed away, so they probably had to go visit the funeral and do all these things, and they were just yeah. mourning. So It was also out of respect. Yeah, That's your band. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, what's, is, it, is it the method? It's is hardly a method, you know. Yeah. But I they Mountain. killed that one live. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was a great show. And that's what's kind of cool about TV on the radio is we talked about in the Sloan podcast about how that Four Nights at Palais Royale perfectly encapsulated what a Sloan show was like. TV on yeah. the radio if you're familiar with how their albums sound, their live show is way different because they do have some elements of shoegaze in there, especially their early stuff. But as they went on, they got a lot funkier and did a lot of different stuff. It's much less effects heavy and yeah. it's just live 
and it's raw, and it's awesome. <laughs> Sound like Vince McMahon there. Uh, what would be your biggest concert disappointment? Um, let's see. Trying to rifle through all the shows that I've been to. I'll give you mine. Okay. And it was still a great show. Like, I still had a lot of fun. But I went with my brother and my sister to see James Taylor oh, at yeah. uh, Molson Amphitheater. And we had a good time. We got rained on. And my brother kept making a joke because he, he took a long time to come out. And he goes, maybe he's afraid of rain. Maybe he's afraid of lightning. He's hiding under a table. He thought it was so funny. Yeah, well, you guys have this long-running joke that James Taylor is this like weird, timid old man, just like that gets easily startled by things because of how he sings. Well, the one thing that he and he put on a hell of a show, Blue Lou Marini from the Blues Brothers was a sax player. Um, but so the show ends, he didn't play Fire and Rain, his biggest hit, and he didn't play it, and people were singing it on the way out, and like. Kind of like to make up for the fact that he didn't play Fire and Rain, but we were just so right. dumbfounded that it's your biggest song. We want you to play it. Why wouldn't you play Fire and Rain? So, you know what? He was still a great concert, but that was a bit of a disappointment that I didn't get to hear him play Fire and Rain. I can't think of too many times I've actually left disappointed, to be perfectly honest. there. If I had to think of one... It was mainly, and it, it seems to be an ongoing issue with them. It's it's the last couple of times I had seen Dropkick Murphys. Uh, um, the the one that we saw on my birthday. Uh, that there wasn't was their fault. No. That was the venue's fault. Yeah. We saw them at Hamilton Place. And Hamilton Place is about across the street from uh, First United Center. That's in Chicago. First Ontario Center. There you go. Um... <laughs> Smaller venue, but we, we saw Bad Religion there back in the day. Yeah. And they played on the first floor. There were some weird load-bearing pillars in your way, but it was still a pretty good show. And yeah. Sometimes you get trapped behind a pillar, and uh, they make fun of the people who are trapped behind the pillar. It was funny. <laughs> we, had good, we had a good time. Um, so we figured we get tickets to see Dropkick. Be the same thing. Uh, we show up there, and they're like, oh, the Dropkick shows up the escalator. What? It was on the third floor yeah was it was weird. so weird so I'm like okay so we're up there on the third floor and like there was like christmas parties like corporate christmas parties in other areas while there's this punk show going on so you'd leave to like go to the washroom you'd see someone in a suit or someone in a santa hat walking past you even though it's like late november um and the other thing that was annoying was instead of just going to a bar here's some cash thank you i'll take my drink they were making everyone line up for drink tickets, which that's took an hour. And they that's were taking, so weird. It, it took forever to wait in line to get a drink ticket. You'd miss half the show. I missed the entire opening band. Was it Teenage Kicks or Teenage Bottle Rocket? That was it. I missed that's, their show because I was waiting their whole set in line to get drink tickets. That's normally something you see at, like, an outdoor festival. Like, I saw that happen when I saw The Hip on Canada yeah. years ago. That was a problem because I heard people bitching on their way back because I, I was still drinking at this point, but I wasn't drinking that day because I'm like, it's too hot. Outdoor festivals, they're always so expensive. I don't yeah. need to drink. Fuck it. So I'll just, uh, I'll just 
have water, whatever. But uh, people are bitching on the way back. They're just like, oh, there's fucking line, one line for the drink tickets, one line to get a fucking beer. It's so yeah. obnoxious. Well, it was, it was ridiculous. It takes so fucking long. And uh, I remember cutting a guy off blatantly. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. And I'm like, I'll get you. I'll, the, your drink's on me. I'm sorry. So he was cool with that once I said that. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus. And, and what was funny, too, was so you have to wait in this long, stringent line to get a drink ticket. But then to get to the bar, it's just anarchy. <laughs> so I don't know that that was a poorly laid out show, and then when they did shipping up to Boston, I thought the floor yeah was going. I thought the floor was going to collapse. We were, we were it was this weird right parkade floor that I think was expandable because I think they opened it up for other things. I don't know what the hell it was, but yeah. uh, it, this parkade floor was literally bouncing like it was like that fucking. Uh, you know that when you were kids, you had that game where you you had the little uh, tarp and you would flip the tarp and then you like lifted it up and you like it's a tried to get under. That's parachute. Yeah, parachute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like that's the thing was bouncing like the fucking parachute before you throw it up in the air. Like I thought people were gonna get flung yeah, the way this thing was, was bouncing. It was crazy and it was a little bit scary. If I wasn't was so drunk that night, I would have been, like, very nervous. But I was like, holy shit, this is so weird. <laughs> but yeah. uh, when I was in grade 11 or 12, for some reason, it was a school night. You couldn't go with me. My mom got me tickets to see Dropkick Murphys. I was, She was like, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, I remember uh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I was like, I want to go to this uh, Dropkick Murphys. They're rolling through Toronto. I want to go. And for whatever reason, you couldn't go. So I literally went with, like, this coworker and her friend. She got yeah, her own why, ticket. Why couldn't I go? You were asking. Your parents were like, no, go. It's a school. But you went to concerts all the time on a school night. Well, but, and it was it was funny, too, was I remember when this was. And this was like our victory lap. Yeah. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway because at the end of the victory lap, I remember going to, uh, just before exams, seeing the guidance counselor. She's like, why are you doing this victory lap? She's like, it's hurting your chances to go to college. You had five grades. You had no reason to do this. And I'm like, it's too late to back out. And she goes, yes, back out. (laughs) (laughs) So really, you know what? I could have missed a day of school and it wouldn't have mattered in the long run. Yeah, but anyway, so I, I went and I didn't even like talk to this coworker friend of mine. I was just like, because like her and her friend were off like walking around. I literally just went straight. This is one of the rare times where I could have gone to this concert by myself, and I would have been okay. Normally, yeah. I, I always get in my own head when I go to a concert by my. If I ever went to a concert by myself, because it'd be like weird not talking to anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? um, but uh, the so I go up to the front. They had no guardrail. This is one of the rare shows they were doing no guardrail. Wow. Um, and so I was I was tall at this point. So it's literally once the stage, once everyone bum rushed the stage again, I literally was just getting like bent over the fucking stage. Um, and I was right by the one guitar player. Uh, his nickname is The Kid, but his real name is Mark Rell. And I got booted in the head twice. I thought I was just like going to lay unconscious on the fucking the floor. Uh, by these guys with this big fucking Doc Martens just dunk and I was uh, so I was like my my bell was rung. 
but the funniest thing in that show is they still had those same weird technical problems. Like, sound was always an issue. Um, yeah. But during that show, there's this kid. He crowd surfed on stage because there was no guardrail. So he just literally rolled up. And he's going to get up. Yeah. So you got to uh, you got to jump back in. That's the whole point. They're like, they expect you to jump back in. Don't meander about. Uh if you want to go, if you don't want to jump back in, you can just quickly exit to the side. There's a security card there. They'll kind of tell you to go back around. Um, yeah. And this kid was just so hesitant. And the guitar player kind of gives him this head nod, like, you're going to jump? And I'm reading his lips. I'm like, you're going to jump? And so finally he's had enough. So he boots him in the ass and he just tumbles right over me. He didn't fall on me. And like, he could have easily just fell on his head. The guy didn't give a shit. Like, I thought it was kind of funny. But in hindsight, Jesus. I'm like, some of these people are just so reckless that they, just, they don't That's think reckless. about these things. Because uh, yeah. if nobody had caught him, like the guy could have been paralyzed. And a few years ago, there was a fishbone got sued for somebody getting paralyzed or like their neck broken at one of their shows because of like crowd surfing. Was it and one things. of the Angelo Moore's uh, balcony dives? I think it might have been, or something crazy like that, and someone got oh, hurt. Geez. And so, or it, it might have honestly just been a freak accident. I can't remember. I have to go back and look at the article. But. Um, I have one more, I guess this will round out my top three. The one time we saw Social Distortion. I had a ball that night. That was a great show, yeah. Because then we also hung with your cousin before the show and had some drinks and stuff like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, we, we, we hung uh, with we, him. We missed, we missed Frank Turner, who was his, one of his two openers. Yeah. But we saw Lucero, and they were awesome. And uh, then we saw... Social D. And yeah, yeah, that was a great show. I had a blast. And it's funny because you and I were split up the whole night and it didn't even matter because I was, you know, this is around the time that for whatever reason I was in my head about uh, like where should I go as a good vantage point. And I start walking around looking for a spot and this guy literally just out of nowhere just grabs me by the coat and he puts his arm around me. He's like, come here, man. You're with us for the night. I'm like, okay. Uh, it was a giant. He was like 6'5". <laughs> He was like 6'5", and he, at first I thought he was with his two sons, who were also like 6'4", 6'5", but they were just, they're complete strangers that just bonded over being tall and being Social D fans, and so he was there with his wife, they were there with uh, their uh, partners, and we just formed this giant wall of people at the back bar, and... I was buying them drinks. They were buying me drinks. And uh, we were talking old punk. The guy was, uh, because he, I told him we were from Hamilton. He was like, oh, you ever listen to Teenage Head? And I knew who they were, but I never listened to them. I, I lied. I was like, oh, yeah, they're a great fan. <laughs> and, <laughs> you uh, got it. You got to lie. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there, he just, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I was walking back here because I was, you know, always nervous about being so tall at these things. He's like, man. You just gotta not give a fuck. He's like, fuck that shit. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? You're right. And so, but yeah, it's, and like Social D was on point and it was just all around a fun night. Uh, one of the questions we're gonna ask you uh, oh, so here's the unrelated to the concert. So my wife is part of like a billion different Facebook groups for special interests and stuff like that. Right. I'm surprised you haven't found a tall person's league. <laughs> or you know what I mean? A tall person support group for being freakishly tall. I think there was a period where I tried to look for something like that, but I think it was just weird. So I I, I never uh, 
never went back in. But then also I stopped using Facebook a lot. Like I literally go on it like once every few days and just check. I'm like, still nothing of note and I leave. So it's not like something I peruse on the regular. So I I think I should have done that in like the late aughts when I when Facebook was much more relevant, but oh well. Yeah. Um I think my final question is Oh but you never told shit. me your favorites. My favorite concerts? Yeah. Okay, well, Bruce um, in Buffalo, I think, was a shade better than a scene Bruce in Hamilton. So I'll go Bruce in Buffalo. That's one of my favorites. Um, the Flogging Molly show that we went to where um, Dusty Rhodes and the River Band yeah. and Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band opened up for them. Just because I've never been so blown away by a pair of opening acts before. Yeah. It was outstanding. Um, seeing the specials was oh, yeah. phenomenal. Um, Fishbone was oh, yeah. phenomenal. Um, I think there's my, uh, my oh going to the hometown throwdown of the Mighty Mighty Boston's, uh, which is on should be on every Boston's fans uh, to do list. That was tremendous. My only regret uh, is that it's we never didn't... a dull moment going to these concerts. My only regret was not going to like more than one show because we went all the way to Boston for basically a night. In hindsight, it was because we left. The next yeah, day. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, we showed up. Um, we had one full day there, but we did a lot that day. We went to the, uh, uh, we toured Fenway Park. We went to uh, Ken Casey's bar. Then we went to Cheers, and then we went to the show. It was a great day. Great day in Boston. It was right after Christmas, but it felt like it was October. It wasn't remotely cold. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. Great roadie. Yeah, if you ever, anyone who's tall, whoever listens to this, if you ever go to Fenway Park, don't buy infield seats. You will be in so much pain. When we were sitting there waiting yeah. for the tour to start, do you remember that? I had to sit sideways just to fit in the damn thing because it was built in like the 1920s or something. And it was meant for people that were like five foot eight, not six foot eight. Makes you wonder where like Robert Parrish would sit back when he played for the Celtics. Because I'm sure that, like, you know, they want to do cross-promotions with the Boston Celtics. Would they automatically get a box, or would they have to go sit in the stands? They'd probably get a box. I thought this was going to lead to much more <laughs> conversation. I forget who Robert Parrish is. Stay on a box. Refresh my memory. Who's Robert Parrish? All right, so you had the big three for those Celtics teams in the 80s. You had Larry Bird, you had Kevin McHale, and you had Robert Parrish. And I oh, believe Parrish the one guy I didn't was remember. at center, and he was the tallest out of the three of them. I, I could have said Kevin Garnett. I could have gone hockey and said Zdeno Chara. He's a big guy. Why don't you just um, say Larry Bird? He's also tall. It's not like he's uh, like... Yeah, because yeah, Parrish was the tallest of the three, at least to my memory. Anyway, but yeah. Oh, Shaq briefly played for the Celtics. Really? They called him the Big Shamrock when he was there. Oh, yeah, Remember, the, so he had his time with the Magic, his time with the Lakers, his time with the Heat. And then he had like a year, two years where he just floated around. So he played for the Suns. He played for the Cavaliers briefly, I believe. I remember him playing um, for the Suns. And he played for the Celtics briefly. Huh. Yeah, he had this just weird period where he just kept floating around before he retired. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think he was on the Cavs. I think it was Suns, Cavs, and Celtic. My phone's in the other room, so I'm not going to look this up. Any of those guys who 
it's it's the what's what do you call it? it's the perks of celebrity once you get to a point where you're recognizable and you don't need the you don't need to pay for a ticket even though you can afford it that's when you get box seats so chances are Paris probably would get invited to a box being uh, being Boston sports royalty okay so there we go we did decide that uh, I think the last thing was. Did you ever have a moment? Because we do mainly go, like we do go to a lot of shows of big artists. We talk about our love of Bruce and how you saw the Foo Fighters and I saw James Taylor and we saw Rush. We, we do see the big broad bands. Yeah. But for these punk bands and ska bands, did you ever have a moment at a concert where you thought to yourself, I'm too old for this shit? <laughs> um, yes. Actually, it happened right literally... I forgot because you asked me last week or two weeks ago uh, the last time I saw a band do start to finish an album and I there's one that I forgot because it happened it was the okay. la- it was the last one I saw before COVID it was uh, Hot Water Music played their album uh, I think it was Caution is the one that we saw because they were doing two albums they were in Toronto for two nights they did one album called No Division or was it just Division I can't remember and then they did Caution we saw Caution and it was great. They played it top to bottom. Um, phenomenal. Still tight, even though they've been a band for like 25 years. And I've, I'm amazed that Chuck Reagan hasn't blown out his voice. But um, we were sitting there because it was at the... wasn't It was at the Phoenix. And the Phoenix had the seats up top. And we paid extra to sit up top. And we were literally... I mean, maybe it was the people. I think this is why you need to come home... And be my concert buddy again, because when I was with Campbell and Kyle and Pat, it was like it was like an old folks' home. They were just sitting there, just like I love sitting down. Uh, standing is for the birds. Like I'm just like my God, like what is wrong with you people? A couple wet blankets. Yeah, I mean I will admit, uh, sitting down and watching the show was nice, but. Uh, you know, I could have easily watched that show from the floor and had just as good of a time. But uh, so because I'm not a mosher, I don't like so I, it for that sitting down didn't ruin or enhance the experience. But sometimes it's with the people because my buddy Max, uh, he loves to go before he left for Calgary. We would go to shows all the time and he was always standing Always having a ball, never complained. So you definitely, when you went with Max, you still felt young. I mean, not that we were old, but you just felt, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, he, we'd go to these, uh, we went to the field trip festival at uh, the Garrison Common for two days. It'd be hot. He wouldn't bitch at all. He'd be like, ah, there's another band coming. It's like, he would just be. Having, he's Mr. Positive. Yeah, he's, he's a positive guy. He would yeah. have uh, no endless amounts of <laughs> energy. Um. But yeah, going with those guys definitely made me question them. Like, should I wrap it up on going to shows or should I keep going? But I think it's all on who you go with that enhances or pulls away from the experience. I remember the time I realized I was too old for at least the mosh pit was uh, I went to go see Streetlight Manifesto. Mm. Uh, this is when that band, the John's Tones, opened for them. Oh, yeah. And who is there? Some other band too, uh, but we, you know, we, we go to the show, and nineteen plus over here, go to this side. We are the only people. 
on that side. And then we'll hear people say their age. I'm only 18. I'm only 16. And I was like, what the fuck? We had the bar area to ourselves for an hour. No lineup to get drinks. And we're getting them to, you know, I'll, I'll take two beers. We're double fisting. <laughs> and they're, they're, I remember the servers are pouring it with, like, one hand, like, two beers. So like, they, But we were the only clientele. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? We're so old. <laughs> and we were only, like, 25, 26. And a streetlight comes on. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the front. I ran to the front. Boy, was that a mistake. I got knocked down. <laughs> I'm on the floor. And I'm looking at this other guy. He's on the floor, too. We lock eyes. And he gets picked right up. And no one's picking me up. I had to, like, like Cthulhu rising from the sea. <laughs> pull myself up under my own weight. And I got the hell out of there. And I'm breathing heavily. And I'm like, ah, ah, I'm too old for this. So... I watched the rest of the show from the sidelines. You sound like Riggs. And, uh, yeah, they made me, uh, on the drive home, they made me take off my <laughs> shirt because I was too sweaty. Yeah, but you... Yeah. Oh. That was like the, uh, if I could round out, like, four or five favorite shows. There was that Summer of Scott, Real Big Fish, Streetlight, Goldfinger, yeah. and uh, Suburban Legends. But you were sweaty in that one, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was so sweaty, in fact, they caught a towel from, I think, Tom Kalonki there from Streetlight. Kilnoki, and, but... Uh, well, whatever. And so I had the towel, and I felt great, and uh, and I brought it home as a souvenir, one of the many little souvenirs I picked up from concerts over the air, and my mom just, what the hell is this? She washed it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a nondescript white towel that could have been, like, from a, a hotel. It could have been anywhere. It's not like it was mo- uh, had the monogram of, like, his name or a streetlight manifesto marker anywhere. No, but it was, it was still a cool thing to catch. I've caught that uh, at the Social D's show. I caught a pair of drumsticks. Uh, I've got numerous picks over the years. I still have it. I have the Murder by Death set list. Oh, that's cool. I saw Murder by Death written out on a cardboard, piece of cardboard box. Um, I forget who we saw them open for. Anyway, might have been flogging Molly, uh, but yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's part of the part of the thing. You pick up souvenirs uh, here and there. Those are some of the souvenirs. That Before up we wrap time. this up, what was uh, aside from the Dusty Roads and uh, Reverend Peyton, what was one of the biggest surprises of a band that was that you had heard about that was kind of like hyped, but like you had never seen them, and you when you saw them, whether it be at a festival or something else, but you were just pleasantly surprised. Like another example on top of Dusty, because Dusty Rhodes and the River Band um, became one of my favorite bands, and no one knows who they yeah. are. And those two albums they put out inside one dummy, uh, the third one's kind of garbage. But the first well, two, it was like which part was the uh, remixes first, first and You Live and Palace and Stage are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those two. Like I'll give you an example while you think that they'd be they'd be my favorite. Um, I'm, I remember. Like, I mean, like an established band. Like here, I'll give you my example. So, I okay. went to this field trip uh, festival, and the Hives were there. Yeah. And I re- I okay. remember the Hives from the you know the the days when we were in high school. I'm like, oh, these bands. Yeah, are I hate so to same. say I told yeah. you so. All right. Yeah. So I came in there, and Max was really hyped on the Hives. He's like, oh yeah, uh, the Hives are gonna be great. And I was like. If you say so, I mean, they're like, their their songs seem rather, not to sound like snooty, but they just seem kind of like pedestrian. It's just like standard kind of garage rock, but 
they blew me away. Just tons of energy. The the lead singer was a big. It's like he just did like three bumps of cocaine before he came out. He was just like, ah, let's go. <laughs> and they were wearing like mix and match suits. Like they were like split into like black and white. And it was oh, it cool. was so hot. I'm sweating my friggin' sock off just standing there. And these guys are like running around in these suits and like they eventually mid set start to like go down to just like the button up shirts but they were just like they're sweating they're probably not used to this heat over in, I think they're from Sweden or Finland but uh, they were phenomenal and they won me over to the point where would, if they ever come back to Toronto or whatever I will go even if it's by myself I remember the Hives were uh, did like a guest performance at one of the it was, might have been MTV Europe or one of the MTV award shows and uh, the lead singer, halfway through, started swinging the mic cable around. Like you, like you swing a pocket washer <laughs> or something like that. But it's this mic cable, this giant mic, hard piece of plastic going around in circles really fast. And I was like, hey, stay a couple feet away from that. <laughs> um, all right, then I'll give you one. Okay. I'll give you one. Massive Attack. Ah. Yeah, I was not, we, we did kind of a quid pro quo, me and Brian. Um, I was way into Gogo Bordello. I wanted some companies to see Gogo Bordello, and he wanted companies to see Massive Attack. So we went to each other's shows with each with each other's company. And of course, Gogo Bordello did that is a show that you need to have some energy to go see. <laughs> it is it is intense. It is out of control. You get very very sweaty at that oh, one. Yeah. And uh, then they do an after party that you're expected to go to too. But of course, I went with. I'm going to blame Campbell on that one. That wet blanket. Uh, <laughs> I remember him being like, I've got to get up tomorrow. We're not going. <laughs> we just went home. Um, but then at my end of the bargain with you was Massive Attack. And I remember at the start of the show, I really wasn't feeling it because they had like, they were, they were almost completely in the dark. And they had these like flashing words on this board behind them that was flashing. And I was like, this is odd. <laughs> and... But as the show went on, they would get more and more into the light. And um, it was much like uh, with TV on the radio, the live performance, it's live music. So it's a lot less effect driven. And you really go to appreciate the music a lot more, the uh, live elements of it a lot right. more. And uh, by the end of it, it was kind of, it, it was much more of an experience yeah. than I expected. Uh, than just seeing a band rocking out. Um, it was a different experience, yeah. but uh, it was definitely one that surpassed my expectations. Yeah, that one was fantastic, and I I'm a staunch like not I've never like done Molly or MDMA or any of that shit. But I feel like even if I did like or even if I like microdosed myself with a little bit of mushrooms, I think that would have just been like, Ooh. I mean, I already had like I already had a ball. Uh, yeah. But I think that would have just taken it up a little bit of a notch. But when you can have that much fun, at like completely sober then that's a sign of a great show. Exactly. Yeah. And that was, that'll answer your question. Unless you were trying to lean me into that. No, no, that actually, I, for, uh, I forgot that you enjoyed that oh, show okay. as much as you did. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, that would be important. Yeah. All right. I think that does it. My voice is starting to go, <laughs> which, uh, which sucks because I've got to work tomorrow and I need my voice for my job. Drink some hot tea but, with lemon. Uh, I just finished a hot cup. Is that so hot? I don't want hot drinks. No, why do you think they drink tea in India? It's, it's very hot over there because it's actually hot beverages on hot days are good for the regulatory system. It sounds like this is a... You stole that from Cheers. No. 
That was a Cliff Clavin. No, look it up. But he, Cliff, Cliff Clavin says the same thing when uh, Diane's like, who would drink an ice cold beer on a freezing cold day? And he's like, yeah, well, and, uh, <laughs> a little no fact there, Sammy. Uh, and he says the same thing you just no, did. No, it's true. Look it up. I believe you. I don't think you do. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I got a giant can of iced tea in the fridge waiting for me. So maybe I'll have that. Same properties. I'm shaking my head at you. Anyway. Anyway, we could All we right. could probably uh, do a part two of this at some point over the summer because we just scratched the surface of some of our uh, summer stories, but um, or just concert stories in general. But uh, and they'll come out throughout the podcast. Yeah. yeah, we'll do that as well. But next time you hear us, it's going to be the start of season two with Blue Rodeo, the much probably the most hyped episode of Canada FM ever. It's got like two, three weeks of promotion. So make sure you stay tuned for part one of Blue Rodeo. It will be a two-parter. And uh, all the joy that season two has to bring. And I think we, we, what did we say? First five episodes, Blue Rodeo, Amanda Marshall, April Wine, Serial Joe, and one other that I can't remember. Swollen Members. Swollen members, that was it. So it's going to be a good season, season two. So until then, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to uh, our Instagram and uh, on Spotify and on Twitter and uh, give us a five-star review if you don't mind on uh, Apple Music because the more people give us five-star reviews, the more people can see our podcast, the more people can reach it. And, uh, I thought you were going to do the Dennis Reynolds again. Because we are a five-star We man. do that every episode. It's starting to get old. Yeah, but it's your bit. Plus, it's it's you're the uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fanatic. I'll break it out again when people least expect it. All right. All right. But until next time, and until season two, I'm Ted. I'm Brian. Hey, Ted, can you do me a favor? What? Can you give me a, he lives in a bubble? I haven't heard it in so long. Oh, my Brian Doyle Murray <laughs> impression. My son lives in a bubble. <laughs> you're still fired and you're going to jail. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> All right, you've earned... I don't even know if it's a good impression. You've earned your iced tea. <laughs> All right, late. Oh, uh, yeah.